0: Welcome to Change the Narrative. I'm your host, JD Fuller, an African-American, licensed psychotherapist, professor, diversity coach, consultant, and author. We talk about the isms, we talk about the phobias, anything that marginalizes and oppresses. Everything we are not and everything we are is because of fear. Through a mental health lens, we'll have difficult conversations with celebrity guests, political activists, and everyone in between. Our mind will tell us whatever we want to believe. But the truth lives in the body. And that's where change occurs. All right. Welcome back. Are Resume you ready to change again? the narrative? First, I want to begin by showing this book, the Quaking uh, uh, of America. Uh, uh, I DM'd you and I said, I thought I'd be through this book by the time we had an interview. And you affirmed me in saying, no, you should not be through it. Because it's about the process and the journey and the engagement factor, you oh, know. Shit. It is so important and powerful. I know just like my grandmother's hands, it is not going to be a one-time read. It's not going to be a one-time journey with me through this book. It's incredible. Mm. It's helping me to reevaluate my journey in this body. Mm. And so please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you said your grandmother's hands was an invitation yeah. And, and this book is a dark alley Yeah I <laughs> sister.
1: One of my sisters said that, said that to. Said that to me. Talk so about that I, When you write a book you get a, what's called a galley copy And it is basically they put the pieces together And then they put the cover together And everything and they send it to you And they go is this kind of what you think Read through it make sure we didn't make no corrections all that So I got a couple of galley copies And I sent them to some people that I love And trust So, I, And so I sent it to my one friend And I said I just want you to read it and then when i said you know just tell me what you think and then when you're when you're done just hit me back right and so she started reading it and um, about three months after and the book hadn't been released yet but she texted me and she said you got a minute and i was like yeah and so i we got on the phone and she goes "Resma." she said resume resume res i said yeah I said, is this good or bad? Like, I don't know. <laughs> and she says, Rasma, she goes, you should have warned me. And I said, I, I said, what, what? She said, I love my grandmother's hands. She said, so I started reading this book with the with the footings underneath me yes. of my grandmother's hands. And she said, and I'm sitting there and I'm reading And she goes, she goes, I had to put that damn thing down. <laughs> she said, my grandmother's hands was like a warm blanket. This book is like a dark alley. Mm -hmm. And she said, and once I got past that, it wasn't my grandmother's hands 2.0. And I started just working with what was being said in the book. She goes, Resma, this is a, she goes, I love it. She goes, this is a brilliant book. She goes, "I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. She said, but you may want to think about a warning, just t- letting people know it's not my grandmother's hands 2.0. Mm-hmm. So, I, have a,
0: yeah. I have a colleague who said "You know, it's new to you and, and uh, she said, I'm going to read both of them at the same time. And I said, no, you're not. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, you are not going <laughs> to read both <laughs> of them <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. That's right. So, that's right. I agree.
1: That's right. You said. You want, you, you want to have a holster? <laughs> you want to have a holster?
0: Just read them, them, them two damn them things in, at the same time. <laughs> you, you cannot do that. You've said that recent studies and discoveries increasingly point out that we heal primarily in and through the body, not just through the rational brain. We can all create more room, more opportunities for growth in our nervous system. But we do this primarily through what our bodies experience and do, not yeah. through what we think or realize cognitively. Yeah. 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 Talk about that. Room. Right? Room. We know through our bodies
1: when something has no room, has less room. You know what I mean. You you walk into a place like, like, like vibratorily. Like you can walk into a place, sibling, and you know in two point seven nanoseconds. Yeah, I ain't fucking with this. Yeah, real for real, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Those pieces have been cultivated from being in connection with other bodies that pick up on things and you learn from their nervous systems. That is not a cognitive endeavor. We learn from what our parents or our caregivers recoil from and lean into, Mm. not just by what the instructions that they give to us. Mm. Right? If my mom recoils from something, I may not know why she recoiled from it, but I know she recoiled from it. I may not have a context for why she recoiled from it, but I know she recoiled from it. I pay attention to that, right? My mom leans into something. I may not know why she leaned into it, but I know she leaned into it. I pay attention to that. That's how we. You understand what I mean? We learn in through the. We learn in the body what's acceptable, not acceptable. What I can take risk on, what I can't take risk on. It's not just from instruction. My mom said, "You touch that thing, I'm gonna whoop your ass." That's yeah. I I'll respond to that, Mm -hmm. but my mom going being in a in a in a in a grocery line and a white woman drops change in her hand rather than puts the change in her hand and, a, and, and goes all over the place and then my mom stares at the woman I'm learning mm. I mean I know what I'm learning but I know this shit right here needs to be paid attention to what just happened right what would happen to my mom's vagal nerves that showed up in her face what happened in her throat showed up in her face yeah. would that I'm learning. That's just not, that's not body reading. That's not, that's not body language. There is vibration. There's vibratory. There is meaning making that's happening in that moment where we're talking about black bodies, indigenous bodies, brown bodies, bodies of culture. And so for me, this, this is, this is these pieces around understanding how the body is that that cognition is not the only arbiter of intelligence. Yes, wow. Right? Yeah. There are yeah. other intelligences, and those intelligences, they're structured to rape, beat, and joel those, our access to those intelligences. All of my books are about trying to reclaim, <laughs> but reignite our recognition of creation as an intelligence and those intelligences we have
0: access to. Mm. One of the quotes that I'm about to read, just I felt that as I'm going through and reading the quake, experiencing the quaking of America. You said, there's a way out of this mess and it requires each of us to begin with our own body. You and your body are important parts of the solution. You will not just read this book. You will experience it in your body. Your body, all of our bodies are where changing the status quo must begin. I want to know, is there, is there something additional that bodies of culture need to do to continue thriving and moving forward?
1: Yeah. The first piece is understand and say this to themselves every day. I say it every time I get on a call with bodies of culture. You are not defective. Mm. You live in a structure in society where the fraudulence and imposter syndrome is a affect of white body supremacy. The idea that the white body is the standard of humanness and every other body in the pigmentocracy is a deviant from the standard. In a structure like that, of course, you're going to deal with fraudulence. Of course, you're going to deal with imposter. Of course, you're going to deal with the idea that you don't quite measure up. That's built into the structure. It is not a testimony to your defectiveness. You are not defective. We don't start there. It will pop up. It will roil and we contend with, but we don't start with my defectiveness being unquestioned. Right? I, I am not defective, period. An and we need to say it yes. to ourselves and we need to say it to each other. Even if I don't fucking like you, you are not defective. We can't hear that enough.
0: That's so important, particularly the part I laugh at the part of where you say, even if you don't like them, because, you know, when, <laughs> because, because so many of you know, us, skin folk, aren't, aren't kin folk. That's and, right. And so you have to remember that, that you're, right. you're still not defective. I see what white that's right. supremacy that's has right. done to you. That's right. You're right. still not defective. Like, that's, that's the part right. that I'm working on. And I may not fuck with you. <laughs> yes, for real, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, 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 like I'm, I'm so clear
1: about this now. I haven't always been clear about this,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? I have not always been clear about it, but I am crystal, what, what, what my mom used to say, crystal Clarington clear, <laughs> 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 I'm crystal clear about the fact that my liberation story and journey may not intersect with yours. And if you get in my way and I learn that I can't fuck with you, I listen to it. Mm. I can't fuck, If I can't fuck with you, I can't fuck with you. I also can not fuck with you and go, I know what this shit has done to you. I know you see the easy path here. It's much easier to get on the... Listen, you can get rich talking bad about black people.
0: Oof.
1: And if you're a black person doing it, You can get stature, clout, all of that shit talking bad about black people. That ain't no thing. Right. I'm interested. I'm really interested in this idea of I can want for your liberation and not fuck with you. I'm not going to be with your bullshit. I'm not going to like if you get in my way and I'm trying to be liberatory, then we just going to clash. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. but I understand what this shit is doing to you. I understand what it has done to you. And sometimes, and, and in my best day, I understand it. I can rock with it on my worst day. I can understand. It, I'll cuss your ass out. Right. <laughs> right.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one you're going to get to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. resume. I love that unpredictability. I make no promises. <laughs> I love that. It's the fugitive, it's the
1: fugitive quality that we have to nurture and protect. That fugitiveness of, of, of keeping things hidden. I don't know how this is gonna play out. What I do know is that there's certain things that I am cool with. Mm-hmm. Certain things that I'm not not sure in this moment how that's gonna play out. I'm good. I'm good with going down the road with you. You good with going down the road with that? If <laughs> you're good with going down the road with it, let's go down the road. It's, let's just see what happens. Let's see what pops, right? Right. I'm, I'm good with emergence.
0: Not so sure if you're good with emergence. Right. So, right. Yeah. Bodies of culture have a gnawing at us every moment we live because racial trauma persists. Please explain what it means when white bodies can successfully yoga away or distract. Oh, similar gnawing at themselves as yeah. it relates to white body supremacy. Listen, the, 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 the white bodies love bypassing shit.
1: They can yoga and kale and and sourdough bread the shit out of everything, right? They can book club the fuck out of stuff like 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 like, like anything anything that creates any type of heat. They got something for that ass, right? They will they will put some they'll they'll they, will, they, will, they will yoga pose the shit out of some some of that shit that's showing up ain't ain't supposed to be. Assuaged. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to metabolize it so it can cook you into something else. And if you keep assuaging it, what happens is is you become a caricature, right? Mm-hmm. And white bodies and white-aligned bodies are way interested in being a caricature rather than 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 using that heat to cook to manage, to look at it, to turn the heat up and turn it down, right? Mm-hmm. And so bypassing is one of the first moves that white bodies do to deal with race. It's the it's the first move. Mm-hmm. Resma, I hear what you're saying. I do something similar through meditation. Fuck you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love you, Resma.
1: I don't do medit, you know what I mean? You wanna retrofit what I'm talking about into meditation. Yes. And, I don't, and that's a reflexive response. I know that. That's how it's going to come. Oh, that's the same pose that I did over here. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not sure. Like, you're trying to retrofit this in to something you already know. And I'm saying I'm not even I'm not even working with that. I'm not that shit you know I'm not trying to work with. I'm trying to do something else, something more emergent. I don't know what the hell it's going to look like. And you keep trying to take what I'm saying because it makes you uncomfortable and put it into something that you've already experienced. And I'm saying that's not, you can do that. It's fine. Do yoga. Nothing wrong with feeling good. Yeah. That ain't this. Right. Yeah. That's not this. And so there was a part that I wanted to address. What was the first part of that question? What is was the first
0: part? It was, uh, you know, how we deal with the the gnawingness. The gnawing. Yeah. So, so let me say something about gnawing. One of the things I tell particular bodies
1: of culture is know, embodied gnawing is the way towards generative knowledge. You cannot get generative knowledge without gnawing, without that, I don't know, without waking up, without the shit waking you up and you having a right, without, like, man, I know I should, like, no. And what we want to do is we want to assuage gnawing. The moment you assuage the gnawing is that the moment you take the heat out that could literally be used as fuel for your liberation. Mm. As, as therapists, let me say this. Most people come into our office, sibling, and they want us to tell them something so their lives could get better. Or they want us to work with them so their lives could get better. And sometimes you're working with clients and you can do that and they'll be all right. And sometimes you're working with clients and you say, no, you actually are going to have to grow the fuck up and grow into a different person in order to deal with the way that your life is, being, is constructed right now. Mm-hmm. And you want to come in here and have me give you a fucking tip and tips ain't going to work for you. Why? Because this is about you growing parts of yourself up that you don't even know you needed to grow up. But yet you wanna come here every week and cry and say all of this different type of shit. And I'm just gonna say the same thing I've been telling you as: You're gonna to have to face these pieces. You're gonna to have to go through it. You're not gonna be able to find a way around it. Go to yoga. That's fine. That ain't gonna deal with this shit. This shit that keeps happening over and over and over again. The reason why it keeps happening over and over and over again is because the shit that you could get away with, you already did all of that. Like, like the the only growth area that's left is the shit you don't like to do. Mm. The shit you, the shit that you that you're good at, you are good at. That's not the growth area. The growth area is in the shit that you have. I don't like. I don't like licking that. I don't like sucking that. I don't like doing this. I don't like handing that. I don't like uh, being happy. I don't like being sad. I don't like being. Don't make me do like. And you with a partner, and you expect your partner to go along with. Yeah, you don't have to, baby. You or or yeah, you don't have to, my guy. Or you don't have, like you 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 get you and, and then at some point your partner goes, you know what? I actually really like doing that shit. <laughs> I really like doing that shit. And I'm gonna start I'm gonna start acting like I like doing that shit. Now all of a sudden you like, well, well, I'm uncomfortable. And if I'm uncomfortable, I should like, well, really? Really? Like anything you what you have agreed to is that anything that you don't like to do that makes you uncomfortable, we're not doing. And you want me to stay in your life when I like doing those things, <laughs> we're gonna fight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's not that's not about fighting that something is wrong. That's a fight around growing the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times clients come to us and they want they want us to find them another way around that shit. And I was like, no, this the way that this shit is constructed right now, keep going. Keep going. Because because like like you know, I'm a couples person. I mean, so one of the things I used to say to couples is, Oh, your relationship is leftovers. And they go, fuck is you talking about like leftovers." Oh, here's what I mean. You get to decide all of the things that you don't want to do, that's nasty, that 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 pushes you too much, that that makes you feel like not your you're you're not you're you're not enough of a man or you're not enough of a woman or you're not enough of a trans or you're not enough of a gay person, you're not whatever it is. You get to decide all of the things that make you nervous that you don't want to do. You get to decide. You get to decide the same things, all the things that you don't want to do, and blah, 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 blah. Right. And then all you then all you fucking do is the shit that's left over. That's all you do. So what you're doing is the only the shit that doesn't make you uncomfortable. So after five to seven years, you're bored to fucking death. <laughs> right? You're mad as fuck at each other. Why? Because the only things that you're doing are the things that you can validate. The growth area is actually in the shit that you don't like to do whatever that is. Now you get to decide whether or not you keep you get to keep talking about fucking communication issues. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, get get to, to, you get to keep talking about not being able to communicate well you get to keep doing that but this shit right here, the money sex kids and that little shit. That you had, all of it all of the placating that you did in the first two, three, four, five years, all of that shit is done. Not only shit that's left is the shit that you haven't been able to figure out a way around. That's why you keep arguing it about it.
0: hmm hmm Yeah, the gnawing and the discomfort—it's the that's integral it. part to affecting change. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And if you are that. not
1: conditioned to deal with that, you'll bypass it. hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. You said people like Trump, and I'll add DeSantis, a.k.a. Yeah. DeSatan, as DeS- our most important yeah. examples, yeah. speak to what is in the soil of America that is so mm. deep. Will you say more about that? Hell yeah. Remember what I said
1: earlier about the plantation stuff? Mm-hmm. Listen, the idea of having a strong white man that has dominion over everybody else's body is sexy to the soul of America. America loves that shit. America has been rooted and steeped in the mimic of the King surf relationship. Most of these white folks that was over here were fleeing the King of England or the King of Spain or whatever. You you understand what I mean? Most of them were fleeing and had been nurtured in the King surf relationship. One person, one white person having dominion over all other white bodies. Mm. The Dark Ages wasn't the Dark Ages because motherfuckers turned off the light. It was the, t- it was the Dark Ages because it was some brutal wow. foul shit happening from powerful white bodies to less powerful white bodies. The annexation, murder, lynching, all of that stuff was perfected and the Crusades and all of that stuff was perfected of more powerful white bodies on less powerful white bodies, right? Mm. That shit never got dealt with by the time they started coming face to face with Africans and blacks and, and, and black bodies and indigenous bodies. That shit never got dealt with. So so what you have is, so so one of the things we know about Trump? Is that when somebody's traumatized, they don't just learn the victim template. They also learn the perpetrator template. The victim. So whenever you're dealing with the perpetrator, you're always dealing with the victim underbelly. Whenever you're dealing with a victim, you're always dealing with the perpetrator underbelly. Always. You're always dealing with that. Because when you're brutalized, you learn both templates. That never got dealt with among white bodies. So by the time they got here, they created plantations, which were fiefdoms, which, were, which is one white king man having dominion over all bodies. Mm-hmm. Trump represents that. They don't even know why they're attracted to it. Liberals would never tell you that they're attracted to that, but they fucking love it. It makes them feel cuddly and warm and like they can lean up against the bosom, right? They don't they would never tell you that, but it's in them. They like that strong white man shit. They like had them having domain. They like them them going at trans and lesbian and, and black folks, and they like that shit. Why? Cause it feels some type of emotional salve in them regarding everything is in right order now. This is right order, even though I hate it, even though I go against it. It's right order. Man, that is so deep. They've never dealt
0: with that shit. Yeah, that is so deep and so real, man. You know, there's that's the, that's why I say the plantation organized white people. Yeah, no, it may. I mean, it's it's so it makes so <laughs> more sense. It's like. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything that I'm saying is before the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Right? They always want to shout what the Constitution?
1: I'm talking this is, this is hundreds of years before the Constitution. This is what y'all were steeped in hundreds of years before the Constitution. Rape as a profitable endeavor. Think about what I'm saying. Sanctioned rape. As a profitable endeavor. Existed before your constitution. Have y'all addressed that yet? I'm not talking about black folks. I know what you're talking about. I'm not talking about indigenous. Mm -hmm. Have y'all addressed the idea and the ethos and the ethical and moral underpinnings that rape is a profitable endeavor? Have white bodies dove into that? No, then don't fucking talk. come to me with your stupid ass pussy hat on talking to me about sexism. Oh, man. So Don't yeah. come to me as a white person. If a sister comes to me and wants to talk to me about sexism and the shit that up. Absolutely. I fucks with that. Yeah. If a white woman comes to me and somebody been, has been sexist, I can listen to that. You and my husband, I can listen to that. But don't try and track that out. As the standard, when you haven't even delved into that piece, you haven't even delved into the idea that the rape of my people, black men, women, and children was a profitable thing that you and your people benefited from. Benefited and birthed. And birthed <laughs> and nurtured. Don't fucking talk to me. Don't like I'm real clear about this shit, right? I have ancestors. There's nothing that I'm saying that our ancestors have not said. Mm-hmm. Some of the same shit I've said, that I'm saying right now, Baldwin said. Fanny mm-hmm. Luke Hamer said. My yes. uh, Maya Angelou said. They all Audrey Lord said. They all said I could be well, they all said this shit. <laughs> right? This ain't resma. This ain't resma people with this brilliant book and fuck that. I, everything that I wrote, you can hear
0: all of my ancestors. There's not one book that of mine that you read that you don't hear my ancestors. But that's what I love about you. Like you don't try to act like you are reinventing things. You are just, you're reforming it and you are clarifying and you're offering yet another lens and a a perspective within a perspective, which is why it's so genius. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So there's so much that I know I want to experience uh, in this book and in your practices ongoing, but one practice you speak of that I want to have you talk about before you know what it is already that, that I, that I want to have you speak on before we end is the mirror. Yeah.
1: Every every time. Every every time. Every time somebody is. (laughs) I didn't even know that the mirror was gonna get people like this, sibling.
0: That mirror be fucking people. <laughs> well, because like you say, but wait, because like you say, no, it is, it is, it is, it informs our 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 process in the 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 living embodiment of anti racism mm-hmm. practices and mm-hmm. and true abolition. I mean, that, that's so deep. I need you to yeah. share some of that Simla. before we go. See, let me say this. Let me say this shit to you.
1: <laughs> I was doing a t- I was doing a talk in Sacramento. There's a brother, a lawyer. He's actually a business partner with um oh oh uh, I was doing a thing in Sacramento with uh, yeah, corrupt. Yeah,
0: had to, um, to call my brother out. Yeah, mother, so
1: Mama Rose, who runs underground books in Sacramento. And her son is Kevin Johnson, used to be the mayor there, uh, used to also play ball uh, for Phoenix.
0: Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so I go there whenever I do a new book. That's one of the first places I go to do a to book tour. And so so, what I did, Quaking of America, brother named Mark, who is the business partner with Crump, he interviewed me. And so we on stage, we're in this auditorium and we're talking and stuff like that. And we're talking and he goes... He says, "He says, man, this book is so powerful, rest my da He's going through it, and get it goes. You know, I I've been doing the practices. He said, "Brother, but you know, brother." And I started laughing because 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 I knew I knew what was going to happen. And he said, and "He said, what you laughing at?" I said, "Just go ahead, man. Just go ahead. <laughs> go ahead." He said, "Man, you know that mirror, man." And I fell out like laughing. I was like, "Dude," I said, "I said, listen." I said the mirror, the mirror piece is so is so dope because what it does is, is that I'm not asking you to get butt ass naked. Right. What I'm saying is there's something in the process of looking at yourself head to toe to be explored, even if you can't get past taking off a sock. There's something to be vimbossied on. There's something to be done with this resistance to seeing yourself from the front, from the side, from the back. There's like, work with the resistance, even if you never, even if for a year. I told him this. I said, man, let's say for a year, all you can get off is two socks. Stay with the two socks. Stay with your bare feet. Notice the energy, notice the spring-loadedness, be curious about it, use your toys to play with it. This is not, the object is not to get you naked, right? The object is to get you to pay attention to what's happening as you're going towards it. Mm -hmm. That conditions you. That's the conditioning that begins to condition. I still do it, right? There's, there's. I've no, I've noticed stuff now. Like, like it took me probably about a year, maybe, to get butt ass naked, okay. right? And just be there and, and sit there for for a little while, like looking at it, like, like disgust came up. Mm. I need to improve this, right? It took me a while to even realize, oh, there is a place where I go, that's cool. That's all right. But it was so small. It was so small. And I had to start paying more attention to that resource. And over time, it grew. Right? Mm-hmm. But even now that I have more room, now I look and, they're, they're, and it, this didn't happen at the beginning. Now when I look, that, now this is a, actually a piece that I'm working on right now there's a piece of, this, of sadness that's coming up with it. I don't even know what it's connected to.
0: Mm.
1: Honestly, now that I'm saying it to you, I have a sense that it's old and not old in me. Mm. But, it, but it's like the sadness keeps showing up. Yeah. And, and so I just nibble on it and then I, I back out and I'm nibbling on it right now. And it's only showing up now, because I I have more no room for it to show up, right? No, that's if cool. I had that. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
0: it's mind yes. blowing. Yeah, it's mind so blowing. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have the same experience with the mirror? Look, I'm just getting started. On I had to go back. <laughs> that was a big pause for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is gonna this is gonna take some time. No <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, rest my. <laughs> this gonna <laughs> take <laughs> some time, my man. <laughs> Take your time. Yeah, that's 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 about, actually, that's about when I hit you up. I was like, whoa. Oh, I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> i would need, <laughs> need a minute. I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. Oh, that's it. Powerful. Powerful. <laughs> so as we wrap up, I just have a few more questions that I think okay. are, are of interest to me and I hope uh, of interest to others. You have been interviewed so many times and in thinking about that and preparing for this interview, like you, I don't try to reinvent the wheel. I just try to come at it with my curiosity and hope it, sure. it informs your process and in, in, in this engagement. But one of the things that came up for me was, what is one question that you've never been asked that you would have wanted to answer? Is there something you can think of? Ooh. I know it kind of put you on the spot, but Ooh. I'm just thinking like, what comes up when I say that?
1: Are there people in your life that you wish you could have loved better? Mm. There are people in my life there are people who have been in my life that I wish I was in a position to have loved better than I was able to. And And I'm sorry that I could.
0: Man. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for that vulnerability. I think
1: about that a lot,
0: actually. I think about that a lot. <clears throat> I appreciate that. Yeah. What's next for Resma? And what gives you hope? Everything. Uh, I hate that whole question. Okay. out. it out.
1: White people ask me that shit all the time, and it's another what? bypass question. I'm not saying you're doing no, that, no. but I just no. I get they, it completely. I, it. I get well, what you're you, you know, You've
0: been talking
1: about this stuff, and then I'm like, "Can you just? I have a belief that there's always hope. Can you just? Yes, fuck you, man. Yes. You just like you just want to feel so good at the end of this." You know, and I'm not saying you're doing that. No, just, I know. I, feel I, was, that. I just had a reflexive reaction to
0: that. No, I, I love um, your honest response to that trigger. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah, 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 That just that shit it's just so sometimes, man, white folks just activate me, man. Like mm-hmm. just like it's just it's just I feel like black bodies and bodies of culture are working so fucking hard to make this world tolerable in a better place. And I just feel like sometimes white folks don't give a fuck. Mm. And people who are aligned with whiteness don't give a fuck, man. Mm -hmm. I'm in fucking Minnesota, man, and I can't fucking see. I can't, like like the fires from Canada are making it so fucking hazy Mm -hmm. that I can't see. Making it so fucking hazy that my wife, who has asthma, has to watch if she, you know what I mean? My, my kids who have, and we are, we, white folks have created a world that is on fucking fire. Like literally on fire. And we keep trying to take our buckets and throw water on it. And it keep squeezing kerosene on the other side. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just, so 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 that whole question just act is just a- a- activates me. So so anyway, but what's next for me? I'm I'm writing sibling. I never thought I was going to be a writer. I'm writing. I'm. I got commissioned by the Penumbra. You ever heard of Penumbra? No. So Penumbra is a theater group. August Wilson did a lot of his plays oh, yeah, here, okay. uh-huh. here in Minnesota. I got commissioned to co-write a play, a stage. Oh, play. that's amazing. Yeah. So I'm doing I'm starting to branch out like in the plays and music. If you notice, every one of my books has an album that I collaborate with, some type of artwork or something like that. And I'm starting to get more involved in that that type of piece cultivating that, that I took, so I, I made this goal from so you know I was a, was a musician at the beginning like wow, I, I was, I was a classically know. trained musician yeah wow okay. I played I played acoustic bass in orchestras and stuff like that it was one of the reasons why I moved up to Minnesota I thought I was going to be the next prince that's when I had longer hair but, but <laughs> and so I stopped playing I had stopped playing years ago and so recently I decided I am going to teach myself to play a musical, one musical instrument every six months for the next three years. And so, I'm, so what's next for me is really starting to do more creative stuff. Just starting to, I got asked to help maybe help write a a pilot for a, for a couple of TV shows and stuff like that. So, I'm just I'm starting to delve more into the creative and, and weaving oh. a somatic
0: abolitionism all the way through. Ah, oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Yeah. I want to shift gears for the final question, and then I want you to sit and breathe through my outro. Okay. Okay. You know, this book, Monsters in Love, Why Your Partner Sometimes Drives You Crazy and What You Can Do About It. You now, When you talk about your marriage and your and your wife, I get it. So I just want you to give a synopsis of how those two things, your experience, dovetail yeah. with the writing of that book.
1: Honestly, all of my books are hitting on different aspects that I believe people can or should begin to address. So my grandmother's hang-ins was more of a kind of like a, individual piece okay how do you you know i have communal pieces in it but how do you begin to have make some sense of this quaking was more of a communal right mm, yeah this one is more of relational relationship right so i'm just trying and it's, if you read those my books i'm covering some of the same things from different angles it's yeah, the yeah. same so i look at it as fractals right same things happening at different fractals so, Monsters in Love is actually a rewrite of another book that I had wrote years ago called My Grandmother's Hand, uh, called Rock the Boat. That book didn't have all of the, what my learnings over the last 10, 12 years in okay. terms of somatic abolitionism, in terms of function and stuff like that. And, so, and in terms of being a therapist. You know, I've grown since I wrote that one. And so, it re- I really took that, uh, took Rock the Boat as a foundation and then wove in a lot of the other pieces.
0: So. Amazing. Amazing. Good. Well, The Quaking of America must be read and it must be experienced. And I look forward to everything you do. So now I want you to take a deep breath as I, as I share my outro. Resma, you are the answer. You are such a complex mixture of academia and interpersonal skills. Your level of relatability seems unimaginable with the intellect you possess. I continue to feel inspired by your work, which has better informed mine. I often tell people for whom I am an elder that what they are doing gives me hope and helps me continue to thrive. But what I want to say to you is that your work is the reason I can receive that hope. Thank you so much for scheduling time with me, sharing your wisdom today. And as always, it has truly been the highlight of my podcasting journey to have you here today. So thank you. I honor you and I appreciate you. And I'm, I'm just so grateful. I'm filled with gratitude right now. Love your sibling. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And also, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to Change the Narrative with J.D. Fuller.